ITTP, ITTP, it's time to party. Hosted by yours truly, Chu Cheesy and Mr. T. Okay, now to welcome on to It's Time to Party. We have a very special guest, Survivor Season 39, Karishma. She's going to help us recap Episode 7 of Survivor 40 Winners at War. Karishma, welcome to It's Time to Party. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. All right, so let's start with the beginning of the episode and uh, seeing when, when Sandra went to the edge of extinction. Were you surprised to see her, her her leave as soon as she got there? Did you think it was going to take a little bit more time? What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, Um. so a little bit of a spoiler. I kind of um knew or had a sense that uh, she wasn't going to be sticking around edge that long, but I was surprised that it was right away. It was like immediately the same night for sure. Um, really? I, uh, yeah, I understand her reasons. Um, and she explained them really well. And I don't think that she needs to sort of explain herself anymore. There's going to be a lot of opinions, but to answer your question, I was surprised that it was like right away, but at the same time, man, Sandra's the queen. She, she knows her you know, she knows her strength she knows her weaknesses she knows when her time's up she was ready to have that awesome fijian pizza right away <laughs> absolutely yeah, she still has her two million she's she's chilling yeah. girlfriend's doing good yeah <laughs> absolutely so you said like she when uh the last scene we saw her she said i am still the queen do you believe that to be true if someone uh, like denise or kim won this season do you think you know they would kind of combat her as the survivor queen what do you think about that nah sandra's the og the OG means something where I'm from. She's the queen's going to always stay the queen. No one can take that from her. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, like, how about Rob, though, getting those three tokens? Like, that was just, that was crazy. I was, whew. Yeah, that was crazy. And you know what? I have to give kudos to the editors, the way they showed Absolutely. it in the episode. That was really yeah. unique and cool. Um, and I really enjoyed uh, seeing it that way. But, man, Rob, you know, when it comes to competition like that, Rob knows. He, mm-hmm. You saw him jump up that camp and start sprinting. Oh Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So what? speaking of the fire tokens, what are your thoughts on them? When you played Survivor, would you have enjoyed something like that being implemented into the game? Do you think it's a good, fresh twist? What, what, what do you think about the fire tokens? I love the twist of the fire tokens. I think it adds such a cool layer to the game now that it's in the 40th season it's in its 20th year and particularly you have such expert players to add another type of twist and just like Yule said in the final tribal it like creates this dimension of incentive that we haven't really seen before you know we've seen players being able to promise future votes and being able to promise other things but we haven't seen people bargaining with something like a fire token. So mm-hmm. it's, I really enjoy seeing it as a viewer. Now, would I have enjoyed it in the game? I'm not so sure. To me, you know, like while I was playing, it was so complicated already with so many different layers already and so many different sort of like variables to think about and consider when you're choosing to vote and when you're talking to people, having that other variable of a fire fire token for me personally, I don't know if I would have really wanted. (laughs) Right. 
we say on the podcast a lot, like we we all agree we love the fire tokens, but we don't know not that it's overkill, but that it might be too much. Like you already have mm-hmm. twenty winners playing. Do you need the fire tokens? We we always talk about that, but like you said, it does bring a, a fresh twist into the game. And it being in its fortieth season, it, it is something unique and something. Different. Yeah, so, it kind of challenges these people who know you know they they know their shit. They they know what they're absolutely. doing. It challenges them in a new way. Absolutely. So and then after we went to the we saw the edge of extinction. They went to uh, one of the tribes and we saw Kim and Denise. It, it seemed like a pretty sincere bond between those two, and, and they seemed to kind of pledge their allegiance to each other for the rest of the game. Is that is that a pair that you could see working out long-term? Do you think that's more of a short-term thing? Yeah, I definitely see that pair being able to work out long-term. The thing about as a viewer is when I watch Denise and when I look at her face, man, every single thing about Denise screams genuine. I don't know about you guys, Absolutely. but when I look at her – she could be saying like a bold face lie, but from this side of the TV, I'm looking at her and I'm just like, I want to hug you. I, I believe everything. So I'm going to say now, yeah, I do see, you know, the Denise Kim thing going long-term, but if anybody, if I'm going to be wrong and if anybody's going to jump on it, I think it, it could be Denise. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, like um, all of us over here, like we've Adam's just been these past few episodes, he's been kind of getting on our nerves lately. Like, mm-hmm. How's how, what do you think about him? Oh, I love Adam. So um, I got to briefly meet Adam and talk to him a little bit. And what I'm sort of noticing in these episodes about Adam is he's being really paranoid, which I yeah, don't, right. I do not blame him one yeah. bit because I was like Adam paranoid times 20 out there. Um, yeah. And it really, the game just plays tricks on your minds. But honestly, I, his spidey sense is not off. I mean, Sarah knows about the idol. And so when he's sort of confident that she's up to something, he's not off. So the paranoia is justified in that sense. I, I mean, I can see how people would be annoyed, but I'm not annoyed at all. I mean, he's he's a really cerebral player. He thinks things out in his own head. And so that just leads to the way he seems on TV. Right. Yeah. So, and and a, a big part of the Survivor community, especially on Twitter, they seem to take issue with Wendell this season, uh, <laughs> whether it be his edit or how he's just acting or being cocky like he was in the challenge today. Do you think that's more of an edit or do you think that's kind of how he's being at, at Tribe? What do you think about that? Um, I... I think it's a combination of both Wendell being just a really confident person um, and being a really like social person and talkative person, um, an extroverted person, and also a combination of the edit. I mean, these people on the cutting room floor have gold to work with. I mean, they can snip and choose and portray people with whatever sound bites that they want. And I, I really strongly feel that they've just, you know, went ahead and painted wendell a little stronger in a negative light or villain like a villain we'll use the word villain not negative necessarily because i don't think it's negative i think he's still gaming and playing and that's a positive in the survival survivor competition world but i think you know they're choosing sound bites of him that seem a little bit more defensive or like you guys said cocky but i know wendell just to be a really bold strong confident person he knows who he is and he has such a generous heart that there is not like a negative bone in his body he's just man the guy he's focused he's laser focused he's in the game and he may be a little bit more aggressive than other people naturally so that's what's coming out right and like you said we've seen all these people and and 
and kind of grown to love them on their seasons. Maybe mm-hmm. they're trying to plug somebody as the villain to not create drama, but may, maybe trying to divert attention elsewhere than, than most people would have. So like you said, it definitely is probably a combination uh, of both the edit and, and how they actually are playing. And it's so fun to watch, isn't it? <laughs> it's so fun to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. But how about him and Michelle? I think there's still some some uh some love left there or, uh... <laughs> well who am i to judge you never, i mean here's the thing they're on a tribe together which is and they, they knew each other before the game and so whatever the relationship was before the game they're in survivor mode like they're playing yeah. the game to get to the, to the next phase phase which is the merge and then they're playing the game long term to get themselves further in the game so yeah. you know i see that's that's exactly where their heads are now you know what the editors are choosing to show us in terms of talk about the relationship and this and that that is what it is but those players they are playing the game and they're not stupid enough to let some silly romance or ex-romance or anything any feelings like that get in the way absolutely yeah right so now we're working our way up to tribal council and and obviously you got voted off if you were, I think Michelle was pretty dead set on keeping Wendell. If you were Nick on that tribe or, or, or just kind of taking a step back as we were viewing it, do you think that was a smart move for Nick or, or do you think he should have voted out uh, Wendell? You know, I haven't had that much time to mull it over. It's only been like 10 minutes. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I would say my gut instinct is that they made the right move. Um, if nothing else, to cut somebody who has a better chance of getting farther in the game, um, and or somebody you do not absolutely under any circumstance want to be sitting at the end with, which is Yule. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I would assume, and I could be 100% wrong, that that's where, you know, Nick turned it was, who do I want to, like, make sure I'm, uh, you know, who, who do I have a better chance against at the end, all things considered and who's going to be better for my game. And so based on that, you know, I would say, you know, that's where Nick's choice came from. Right. And like you said, Yule's going to be a tough person to sit to next Mm -hmm. to next to at the end. Do you think it's, is it surprising you how, how all old school players seem to be dropping like flies in the new school really, (laughs) really isn't it's so funny you asked that question guys because before this season started you know carl boudreaux from season 37 we love carl (laughs) he's awesome he's we've become good friends because we both live in houston and we talked about this and carl immediately and i i I was like uh you know uh, he's like well who do you think's gonna go far i'm like I'm like, I think Yule could go far. I think Party could go far. I'm naming some old school people and he cuts me off. And he's like, no, 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 Karishma, wait and see. But these new, and I, he's yeah. like, he's like, I want to tell you, I have no spoilers. So this is just coming off my instincts. But I think the new schoolers are going to cut the old schoolers real quick. They're going to, yeah. they're going to get together and they're going to know to just get rid of them. And that's exactly what happened. He laughs at me now because I was like, no way. You ain't going nowhere. Are you kidding me? But, you know, that's exactly what happened. Um, And I think it's because, like, these new schoolers sort of, like, grew up almost watching them play. And that's scary. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to be playing against them. Like, you idolize them. They're your heroes, you know? And in a competition, 
the greatest of the great, you got to know why I don't want to be against the greatest of the great. No. hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so like at, at the end, at the end of the episode, uh, we saw the preview for next week. We saw next week's the merge. Um, do you, who do you see? Like, do you have any winner prediction? Do you see anyone? I don't know. Coming out. of Oh that? gosh. My, my yeah. winner, my winner pick. See, winning is, is so far from now. I can't even like, gauge it but my winner pick has changed like every week um i can't even because the merge like everything changes in the merge and it's so hard to predict because when people come together and start having like new conversations with new people and they see the the paranoia comes out and and this new dynamic emerges everything changes you can't really predict what's going to happen i I think in the history of me watching the game, I've never correctly picked who the merge boot was going to be or anything like that. Cause, cause everything changes. But if I were to right now, I tell you, I'm loving Sophie and Sarah for a, like a long run. I think, I don't know. I just, I just, I really love the way they're playing the game. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And it's funny that you say that we did a, a fantasy draft for survivor preseason me mr t and oh, yeah? our other co-host, he's in quarantine yeah. but whoever yeah he's all right though. <laughs> whoever loses whoever loses has to play survivor we're gonna go out in the woods for one night and we had to do 200 two undrafted free agents and the two that went undrafted were sophie and sarah so if either of them win we all have to go out that's yeah that's been a popular pick on twitter too yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah um so like you said the the winner prediction is far from now but who who is someone that you see uh going in the near future whether it be next week or, or the week after is there somebody you seeing getting to the merge and not being successful uh no i i really really don't because again i think the dynamics could shift so quickly in so many different ways and there's also i'll be honest there's right. also some pre-existing relationships that just haven't unfolded yet or the stories that haven't been told yet and those could potentially flourish and create all new alliances that we're, we're not aware of. Um, so I think Adam needs to tone it down just a little bit. Yeah, I think he does. Just not to like scare off some of the other people. I think the same can be said about, about Ben, maybe. Um, and, you know, Wendell probably learned a little bit of a lesson, you know, about toning it down. And I'm like... All, all of Wendell talking during the challenge, I am all for it because I did the same thing. I used to talk back to Jeff all the time and, and my tribe yeah. mates hated it, but it didn't affect my focus or anything in the challenge. They just hated it. And it's just, it's yeah. not something that people like, but I think, you know, he may tone that down. So that may help. Um, but if he doesn't, you know, he could rub some other people the wrong way. You never know. Right. And next week's preview, they didn't show Edge of Extinction. Now, last the, the season 38, when they did the Edge of Extinction the first time around, a player would have come back when it would have been next week. Do you think they're going to try to hold that off? Because a lot of people took issue with Chris winning the first season because they said he, he you know was only on the island for whatever it was, seven, nine days. Do you think they're going to try to change it and shore it up and kind of tighten some loose ends so more people are okay? With yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I have, like, no knowledge of it but i would certainly hope so i really would because um the edge of extinction twist like i like it if it is just one time 
you know, one time chance to get in. Um, and then you play a, a really big chunk of the game. The only reason I didn't, you know, a lot, the main reason I didn't like it was, you know, there a lot of people, Chris came back so late and um, there were jurors who never even knew Julie or Gavin and they knew That's Chris nice. so well by that point. And I think it also makes makes sense from a production standpoint because there's with all these like unique challenges on edge with finding the fire tokens and you know all that, there's material there. So I really think I really hope that you guys are right. I really hope that it's like a one time buy in and that way yeah. it's a fresh jury, but you never know. Like you said, and hopefully if they do the one time buy in, it isn't as late as it yes. was with Chris. Hopefully they do it. Either next week or the week after, like you said, so they can kind of play the game a little bit longer. Uh -huh. Because Chris is season. I'm not anything away from Chris, but it, it definitely, it, it definitely has a negative yeah. light on it. As, as a yeah, winner. I mean, Chris definitely did deserve the win, but there's just the some of just the basic like survivor principles that were lost in it, and there is a way to do edge, I think, and not lose those principles. And so if they did have that competition and then went back to just traditional survivor, I think that would solve it. And I hate to say it, as much as I love the players that are on Edge of Extinction, I love seeing them, you know, with their peanut butter and the, you know, suffering and the fire yeah. token finding, there's not that much more left to watch them do. I mean, are we going to watch them rummage through for more fire tokens? You know what I mean? It might be. Yeah, we might have right. sort of filled our, our cup when it comes to Edge already. I agree. Yeah. So now to kind of step back mm -hmm. from this season and just look at Survivor as a whole, if you could, we, we love asking all the, the previous Survivor players this because everyone really does give some great answers. If you could put in your bid for someone to come back for another season, whether it be yourself or any of your castmates or somebody on a previous cast that you think got maybe a bad end of the stick, who would that be? Oh my gosh, what a great question. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to narrow it down because my mind is like running a race right now through seasons. So I'm going to narrow it down to my season and who okay. I think from my season, uh, I would say Elaine, I would, I would pick Elaine. Let me tell you the day I met Elaine on the second day, she just has this, like, she's got this dynamic quality that came out, I think, in our season. But I want, I, I want people, and I think people deserve to see more of it. So I would say Elaine. Uh, Elaine came on our podcast. Oh yeah, she's awesome. Like you said, yeah, yeah. it was great. Me, uh, who actually was our first guest, was uh, that we always trying to put our bid in for on, on Twitter and stuff like this. That got a real bad end of the stick was Pat from the season two before Pat, yours, Pat season thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah, a band of the stick. We, we always are putting like Twitter bring back Pat on hashtags and just hoping he, he gets another chance. He he's always our pick for, for when like we bring up this conversation. Elaine was definitely yeah, a good I mean, pick as well. Pretty far. She made it pretty far. I mean to say like she got the bat yeah. end of the stick, I wouldn't say she got the bat end of the stick. I think I think she made it pretty pretty far. She played a, a tough game. Oh, yeah. I just um I just adore her as like a character on my TV. So I hope that's not like <laughs> turning people off. Um, that I'm making a choice based on, you know, not somebody who got screwed or anything, but just somebody who I would want to see again on my TV. Yeah. 
All right, Chris, that's all we have for you tonight. We appreciate you coming on It's Time to Potty. It was a great chat, and uh, we look forward to chatting Absolutely. with you soon. Unfortunately, yeah, and um, unfortunately, since Cheesy's in quarantine, there will be no true season <laughs> tonight, but possibly another time yes. to play. But, uh, yeah, we do appreciate having you on, though. And Thank uh, you, yeah, Thank you guys for safe. having me. Stay safe. Bye, y'all.